Oh yes, it is that wonderful time. Come on in the room for Therapy Thursday. Come on, come on. Is there anybody else besides myself that was like, I can't wait until 7.30 p.m. Central Time where I could be intentional with my healing? If that's you, could you put in the room, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. I was waiting for this because we understand and we recognize we don't just get to the next level, we grow to the next level. We don't just go to the next level, we heal for the next level. Because there are going to be requirements as benevolent followers of Jesus that is going to require for us to be healed on the inside for us to carry it out. You know how we do week after week. I love to start an encouraging thread. So could you find somebody up and down the chat at them? I am proud of you at Michael. I see you. I'm proud of you for showing up for therapy at Brenda. I see you. I'm glad that you showed up for therapy. I see you. Let's start an encouraging thread a love thread. If this is your first time, let us know that I'm a first timer. And my hope and my prayer is that after tonight, you will be consistent with Therapy Thursday as we are here just to serve you and help you heal. If this is like your 50th time <laughs> and you are a faithful, reoccurring Therapy Thursday participant, would you also put in the room, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. This particular um, session that we're going to have on tonight, I'm not going to be long, but I do believe that it's going to be soul nutritious, soul nutritious. It's going to help us have nutrients in our soul so that we can heal. Um, and before I do that, man, where are my manners? I, I want also, can all of us put congratulations in the room to Isaac Curry, because him and his beautiful bride, Elena, they gave birth to Jude, I believe it was last Sunday, last Sunday. And we had to show a, a replay, just say congratulations. I'm so proud of Isaac and I saw his beautiful baby boy and I said, I'm next brother. Any day now, Tanisha and I are expecting the arrival of Josiah. So just congratulate him because it is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing for God to bless a couple to continue to have godly offspring. Malachi lets us know that that is what God desires, godly offspring. Godly man meets godly woman. They come together, have godly children, which can impact a godly community, which leads to a godly city, which leads to a godly state, godly nation. It all starts with you as a man and you as a woman saying yes, to God. So I'm extremely grateful and honored to um, just be the uncle to my brother Jude as he is now here in the world. So I, I want to get to our content on tonight. Um, I, I think this is going to be um, a tearjerker for many of us because sometimes we manufacture our own heartbreak by placing expectations on others. Already, one more time. Sometimes we manufacture our own heartbreak through expectations that we place on others. So to better corroborate my claim, I want to start with this story. Um, 
My father comes from Duncan, Oklahoma, and my dad, he loves pawn shops, or change that, he loved pawn shops, thrift stores, um, garage sales. He would always claim some of the best deals can be found on the side of the street. <laughs> that was like just his upbringing. So he he loved pawn shops and thrift stores and garage sales, things of that nature. So if you know like that guy on the side of the street that's selling watermelons, that's where we would go. <laughs> Not H-E-B, we're, we're going to the guy on the side of the street. The guy on the side of the street who would who has local honey from his farm, that's where we're going. We're not going to Walmart, we're, go we're going to him because the best deals can be found on the side of the road. We're not going to Petco, we're not going to Petmart to get a puppy. You know, the, the puppy that had has all of his immunizations, his shot record, and we're not getting that. We're getting the puppy on the side of the road from the man who's selling the puppy for $50 per pup. <laughs> that was my dad's methodology. And, and this one particular time, um, he was looking at this guy who was selling TVs. I'm a little boy at this time. He sees this guy selling TVs, gets out the car, and he sees the display and sees how it works. And he, you know, gets this box with the TV and he, he's excited. He's excited when he gets home. <laughs> when he gets home, he opens up the box only to find rocks and trash in it. <laughs> So my dad is furious. I mean, he was talking about how good of a deal it was and had the box, you know, ready to go. And so he looks in it, there's trash and rocks in here. I'm, I was too young, but now my older self, I'm like, you didn't shake it. You, you didn't feel the difference. But anyway, I mean, but who does it? When you go to Walmart and you buy a microwave, you don't open it. You just trust that the same picture on the box and the same weight is congruent with the microwave. So I could see how maybe you could be deceived. That's a whole other conversation. So he gets in the car, he's mad. He puts the box and he's flooring it, getting back and you expected it. Oh buddy, gone. <laughs> he is not there. And he's looking around asking the, hey, did you see this? He is gone. My dad got burnt. And still to this day, he does not do pawn shops. He does not do thrift stores, and he definitely does not purchase things on the side of the road. Even though that was Duncan, Oklahoma, his experience that day changed him. And my father was so frustrated, really for three reasons. Number one, he was so frustrated because he had an expectation. I expected the same display that you showed me would be in the box. He had an expectation. Somebody put expectation in the room. So he's upset, number one, because he had, a, had an expectation. Number two, watch this. He's upset because it cost him and the return was trash. It cost him, but what he got in return was trash. Let's make it personal. It cost me to trust you and the return was trauma. It cost me to love you and the return was pain. It cost me to, to believe what you said and the return was insomnia. I'm tired of loving you is causing for me to look stupid. Am I talking to anybody? He's upset because it cost him and the return 
was trash. I wonder how many of us is costing you to keep. All right, <laughs> let's keep going. Three reasons he was upset. Number one, he had an expectation. Number two, it cost him and the return was trash. And this is where we're gonna park on for the rest of our session on this afternoon. Number three, he wouldn't do anyone like that. That's, that was the statement that kept spilling off of his lips. I would never do anybody else like that. I wouldn't do somebody like that. I wouldn't show them a display only to give them a box that has nothing in it. I wouldn't do them like that. And I wonder, I wonder, is there anybody watching this session that one of the main reasons we've been hurt it's because people have been giving us packages of love or packages of relationships when nothing is in it but trash. I wouldn't do them like that. This, as they were telling the story later when I got older, my mom said, um, you wouldn't do people like that, but he would. I think we need to speak around this thought from this subject for just a few moments on tonight. Stop expecting you from them. Hmm. Stop expecting you from them. Many of us expect people to match reciprocity with reciprocity. I'm like, with our culture and everybody's, I'm gonna match energy for energy. Everybody's there. Some of us are like, no, I wanna match maturity with maturity. I wanna match reciprocity with reciprocity, but these type of individuals, they have a PhD in parasitic and a GED in reciprocity. Say it one more time. These type of individuals, takers, manipulators, con artists of the soul who sell you dreams, but, but it's really just a nightmare. These type of individuals, they have a PhD in parasitic and a GED and reciprocity. Many of us, our heart that we have, sometimes we are manufacturing our own heartbreak through expectation that we keep placing on others. Stop expecting you from them. Stop expecting you from them. God, would you right now help us to forgive all of the individuals that we encountered in our life that had a display, but handed us an empty box. Box with trash, rubble, rocks in it. Because for many of us, just like my father no longer goes to thrift stores or pawn shops because of that experience, many of us have changed and altered our personality due to the betrayal of not meeting a person who gives reciprocity. Help us to recognize that all things that we do, we should do as unto you and not men. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you put in the room, amen. Amen. Stop expecting you from them. Here's a confession. It has a little length to it but I really, really believe it's powerful. So if I can get everybody to put this confession in the room and all caps, because many of us, I believe are going through this. 
We have broken our own heart because of an expectation we had of somebody else. You expected you from them. Let's put this in the room in all caps. Father, give me the wisdom and discernment to stop expecting your qualities from the uncommitted. I'll do good as unto you. One more time, Father, give me the wisdom and discernment to stop expecting your qualities from the uncommitted from the uncommitted. I'll do good as unto you, as unto you. If I'm gonna love, I love as unto you. If I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna serve as unto you. I I'll do good as unto you. Many of us have manufactured our own heartbreak because of the expectation that we keep placing on others. So just like my father, Everybody who sells on the side of the road has to suffer from that one guy who sold my father a box with rocks in it. He's not doing it anymore. And just like my father has like vowed never to do that again, some of us have shut down because of the time we thought the display of love, the display of character would match when we open the inside of the relationship, but we got a box with rocks in it. And so due to that, I'm done. I, I am done. I'm not opening up. The next time I open up will be in my autopsy. I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not trusting anybody. I'm not trusting a therapist. I'm not trusting a pastor. I'm not trusting a brother. I'm not trusting a sister. I'm definitely not trusting my mama. I'm not trusting my dad. I'm not trusting anybody. Due to the bad, crooked guy on the side of the street who gave me a box of rocks in it, everybody got to suffer. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Paul puts it this way. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Certain translations say, say good morals. The apostle Paul is saying, okay, listen, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Some of us, your good habits that you had were corrupted by evil friends. Oh, some of us, our good routines, our good morals, our good habits that we had have been altered due to evil exes. And some of us, if we be honest, it wasn't just them. It was also us. Because like we stated a few weeks ago, the biggest red flag is when you can't see that you're one. Evil company corrupts good habits. I want to help us on tonight. I want to help us on tonight so that we can be ensured that we will be people who no longer allow yesterday to rob and burglarize our today and our tomorrow because the problem was I expected me from them. One more time, I want us to be people who will no longer allow yesterday to rob, vandalize, and burglarize today and tomorrow because we expected ourselves from them. Ourself from them. 
every single time you open the package of trust, every single time you open the package of love, you didn't get what was displayed, you got trash. And so many of us, if we be honest, this is how we walk around emotionally. I remember the box. Speak Holy Spirit. I remember the box that my mom gave to me. I remember the box that my brother gave to me. I remember the box. And, and because this has been our resume, we don't even have the right posture to receive the individuals that God desires to send. Because just like the enemy sends people, so does God. But since I expected me from them, that changed me. Yeah, that, that changed me. Your heart wasn't that cold before you met them. Your heart wasn't that calloused until you met them. Your perspective wasn't filled with this much paranoia until you met them. Like you, you didn't even call yourself an introvert until you met them. You weren't even, you didn't have this addiction until you met them. And I'm like, listen, for the love of God, I understand. I understand that sometimes certain spaces, places, and people might do things that require for you to turn your heart away. But for the love of God, don't turn your heart off. You're going to need that for your purpose. You're going to need that for your assignment. You're going to need that for your calling. You're going to need that for your mandate. You're going to need that for your marriage. You're going to need that for your children. You might have to turn your heart away, but, but don't turn your heart off. It is the cycle of false advertisement in the expectation box that I'm placing on people. This is good, y'all. It is the false, like it is the cycle of false advertisement. Like I'm experiencing this year after year, relationship after relationship, community after community. It is the cycle of false advertisement in the box of an expectation that has changed you, that has changed you. The way you currently are is not the person that God cosmically created for you to be because unaddressed pain alters your personality. Hear me, please hear me, please hear me. If you arrive at a destination and recognize you had to leave you behind to get there, you're in a wrong room. Selah, I need, I need that to marinate. If you arrive at a destination only to recognize you had to leave you behind to get here, you're in a wrong room. Because pain will cause us to enter rooms that purpose would have caused you to avoid. This is not a purpose room. This is a pain room. And the only way I, I got here is because pain led me, not, not purpose. Now I understand. I'm not, I'm not minimizing trauma, but I do understand that um, if all you've ever known was boxes with trash in it, if all you've ever known 
was to fight to survive. Calmness can feel like a setup. <laughs> if all you've ever known was not getting what was displayed, peace can feel like a setup. So when someone legit has a TV in here, <laughs> when they legit have a TV in here, you won't believe them. Not because of anything they ever did, but because of the resume, the cycle, a false advertisement of an expectation that I had on somebody that did not deliver to me what they said they would. Sometimes, hear me, sometimes we are manufacturing our own heartbreak due to expectations that we keep placing on people. But are y'all ready for this? No, you're not. Are y'all ready for this? Sometimes we are manufacturing heartbreak because of the expectations we keep placing on people, but you cannot hold anybody accountable to how you would respond. Torrance, you hear what I just said? You cannot hold somebody else accountable to how you would respond. Can we be real? I, I think we need to honestly audit our lives and ask ourselves this question. Am I expecting a healthy response from a person who traffics in unhealthy patterns? Because a snake could shed his skin, but not his nature. This is so good. Am I expecting a healthy response from an individual or a place that traffics in unhealthy routines? Because a snake can shed its skin, but it cannot shed its nature. The problem is we are expecting loyalty from a opportunistic heart. The person, hear me, please hear me. The person who needs many cannot be loyal to any because I feel like I'm missing out on an opportunity if I stay here too long. The person who needs many cannot be loyal to any. Maybe the problem is we're setting ourselves up to experience pain because we want loyalty from an opportunistic heart. They, they are only loyal to the opportunity, not loyal to you. And I know there's a brother watching like, preach bro, preach. Why can't she be loyal? Why can't they be loyal? And on the other side, there's a sister watching this like, preach sir. Why can't he be loyal? Please pastor, make it make sense. Make it make sense. How in the world is he willing to spend 15 to 25 years in prison for a gang, but he can't spend eight to 10 hours on a shift to provide for his family. Make it make sense. So you gonna get locked up for a color, for a block, for a hood, for your homies. You gonna do 25 to life, but you can't do eight to 10 hours to provide for your family. Make it make sense. Make it. We are expecting loyalty from the heart of those who are opportunity driven. These type of people, they do not value reciprocity. They only value opportunities. Now I want us to have so much emotional intelligence, so much biblical intelligence and biblical standards to where once you have discernment, 
and you can identify that you're dealing with a person who is loyal to opportunities, you won't make them think you're crazy because you have figured them out. Talk, sir. You won't allow them. Have the courage to not allow those that you have figured out to make you think you're crazy because toxic people will try to do things to make you lose your sanity and then tell everybody you crazy. <laughs> Am I talking? The problem is I have been expecting myself from them. And you cannot hold people accountable to how you will respond. I know the hurt. Hear me guys, I know the hurt of being taken advantage of. I know the hurt of not getting closure. I know the hurt of being betrayed. I know the hurt of being lied on from the lips of those that you fed. I know the hurt. I'm not talking to you on tonight from some mountaintop that I've never experienced. No, I'm talking to you from one who has been in the valley of trauma, overcame it, and I'm walking up the hill to tell you how I survived, how my personality still survived, how my sanity survived. I'm not talking to you from a height I haven't been. I know what it's like to be devastated because I expected a display but I got a box with rocks and trash in it. See, can I just be transparent? I remember praying this specific prayer. God, I should not be suffering because I have a big heart. Am I talking to anybody? God, it should not be dangerous for me to have a big heart. It should not be dangerous for me to have a loving heart. You called me to an assignment where having a big heart seems dangerous. And God was really giving me the, the revelation. Your heart has to be big to be filled with my love to give to others. You cannot effectively be a spiritual physician if you keep on catching colds from the people you're treating. You can't. Your big heart is to spread my love. Your big, I'm talking to somebody. Your big heart is to continue to love again. Some of us, the biggest miracle is you can still love. After all of the betrayal, after all of the unfair advantage that you have been taken, this has not just happened from like outsiders. For some of the, some of us, this has happened from family. You keep giving me a box that has rocks in it. God, my most dangerous quality should not be, I have a big heart. And this is a revelation that God gave me. If I was a note taker, I'd write this down, something I never forgot. Exaggerating our place in somebody else's heart always leads to heartbreak. This is so good. Exaggerating our place and somebody else's heart always leads to heartbreak because you have them in a place in your heart that they don't have you in theirs. They don't have you in the same room in their heart that you have them. So exaggerating that place that you think that you have in their heart is always the groundwork or the pathway that leads to heartbreak. And you're gonna need wisdom to be a giver in a world full of takers. 
you are going to need wisdom to be a lover in a world full of haters. You're going to need wisdom to be a creator in a world full of critics. You're going to need wisdom to be an individual who has joy in a world that thrives off being miserable. Misery loves company. No, it don't. Not over here. The problem was I was expecting myself from others. So we keep on placing our heart in the garden of people who don't water things. They're not a fountain, they're a drain. They're not a lift, they're a weight. They're not a partner, they're a parasite. So I need it. We need to be able to have the, in, the, the discernment to such a degree where you will be able to identify this person is in my life who's enriching the soil of my becoming and this person in my life is just waiting around to consume the fruit. Pain happens when I place the person who's waiting around to consume the fruit and the sweet in my heart and the person who's enriching the soil of my becoming in the basement of my heart. I have them in the wrong room. I can't stop it, but at least help me to discern it. One of the things I noticed about Jesus, he washed all the disciples' feet, but he knew who Judas was. Haven't I chosen all of you? Yet one of you is a devil. Pain happens when we confuse our John the Beloved as Judas the Betrayer. So God, help me have wisdom to serve both. Help me to have wisdom to serve those who enrich the soil of my becoming and help me have wisdom to serve those that only are around to glean from the fruit. And I know you're like, uh, Pastor, that's a horrible prayer. Uh, the one who's waiting around for the fruit, cut him off. No, I, I want to display Christ. And if I'm going to try to, if I'm going to imitate Christ, I understand my life is going to have Judas, Pharisees, and Sadducees. I understand it. It's a, you, you don't get the disciples without getting the Pharisees. You don't get the John the Beloved without getting Judas the Betrayer. And how you handle Judas will display your promotion or not. So just give me the wisdom. That, that, that's, that's the prayer. Give me the wisdom and understanding that healing many times is married to grieving. I am grieving over what you tolerated that was beneath your God-ordained standard. I was used to that. And I grieve. Let's go a little deeper. Healing is not just an event. This is something I'm learning in real time, y'all. Healing is not just an event. Healing is in phases. The reason some of us, is, it seems so difficult to heal is because three things are trying to heal and become on the inside of you. Your inner child is trying to heal. The teenage version of yourself is still searching for identity and your adult self is looking for explanations and peace. Did y'all hear me? All those phases. Healing is so hard because it's not an event. It's a phase. And so the, the, the inner child in me needs healing. The teenage version of me that's looking for identity still is searching. And the adult version of me, I'm looking for answers and I just want peace. Why did mama do that? Why did daddy allow that? Why did God? And so all of those phases of you are striving to heal. 
And that's why it can feel many times so difficult because we think healing is an event versus phases. Each phase of myself has to heal. I want to give you this passage of scripture. Psalms 109, verse 1. Listen how the psalmist puts it. He says, Do not keep silent, O God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened up against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They have also surrounded me with words of hate and fought against me without cause. Look at this, y'all. In return for my love, they are my accusers. <laughs> exactly what we're talking about. Stop expecting you from them. In return, this box, in return for my love, they are my accusers. Here it is. Here's the answer. Look, but I give myself to prayer. So good. I love them, but in return, I'm getting accusations. I'm getting trauma. So I don't give myself to venting on Instagram. I don't give myself to alcoholic beverages to try to escape the pain. I don't give myself to marijuana. I don't give myself to cheap sex. I'm not even giving myself to depression. What I'm going to give myself to is prayer. This is powerful. I'm going to pray for them because praying for them is healing me. I'm going, I'm going to give my, when it says give myself, it means I'm going to surrender my will because my will is I'm about to exercise my own vision, vengeance. I'm about to fight. I'm about to be petty. Ooh, see, just being transparent, Jerry has been redeemed from the spirit of petty. But sometimes that petty monster wants to rise up in me and I want to say something back. I want to say something to that comment. I want to say something, but God's like, I got this. Vengeance is mine. I will fight for you and my fighting for you is better than any effort you could do. I surrender and I give myself to prayer. There is a supernatural healing that happens on the inside once we pray. So, why do we expect us from others? I'm going to give you some reasons. Why do we expect us from others? Number one, we have learned, we have trained the mind to look for returns versus routines. Man, that's so good. We've trained the mind to look for a return. Oh, well, I helped them and I'm not doing this because I want something back, but I would think since I've been so kind and so loving and so caring, and if I say I need a ride to the airport, they got me. If I say I can't afford lunch today, they got, I would think. So we're expecting us from others because we're looking more for a return if we need it versus routines. Here's the thing though, people lie, routines don't. They, they had a routine of not having reciprocity before you. They had a routine of allowing their anger to take over before you. People lie, but routines don't. They could try to hide it. They could try to hide the must of their hidden agenda. They could try to old spice the must of their hidden agenda. They could try to Chanel perfume or, 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 
uh, Chanel cologne, the, the must of what their real motive is. But your discernment should eventually cause for you to smell the odor. And how many more times will you settle for a contradiction that leaves you smelling musty? We've trained the mind to look for returns versus routines. Number two, why do we keep expecting us from others? We're obsessed with controlling the narrative. <laughs> We're obsessed with controlling the narrative. We have an idea of how we want things to go and we get upset when they don't act out our script. I wanna control the narrative. Many marital problems, they exist because one person is trying to control the narrative, how they want to look, how they want it to look, how they want it to go. I'm trying to control the narrative. Many of us, we have insomnia because you're trying to control the narrative of your life versus, versus trusting that God is the author and finisher of our faith. Controlling the narrative. Number three, why, why do we expect us from others? It's because of our resume of sacrifice. I'm always down to sacrifice. I'm not asking for nothing. I'm not expecting, I don't, I don't even look for a return. It's the resume of how many times I've displayed something and what was in the box was actually in there. And since I have a resume of being sacrificial, shouldn't they too? You can't have a healthy relationship without reciprocity. Impossible can't. So many times due to our resume of being sacrificial, it causes for us to expect us from them. Number four, here it is. Why do we keep expecting us from them? Because a childhood indoctrination of lethal loyalty. Give your uncle $50 and you knew that he was going to use that for drugs. You knew, come on, babe, we family. You know how many of us have trauma in the name of we family? We family, give your uncle $50. And so because mama said do it, you gave it anyway. And that has classically conditioned you to be an individual who tolerates lethal loyalty. You, you are so loyal to them that it's betraying you. And I learned it from childhood. Some of the people that we needed protection from was our parents. But we couldn't say no because that's mama, that's daddy. It's a childhood indoctrination of lethal loyalty. Many times we are manufacturing our own heartbreak because of the expectation we keep placing on others. How do we break this? Two points and I'm done. Number one, have joy before and outside of them. Regardless on what they do, I had joy before them and I have joy outside of them. See, some of us, uh, we're so dependent driven that I need for them to be sick because them being sick makes me feel effective when I can medicate it. Uh, I have to have joy outside of you. I have to have joy before you. If any, in, like if your life is boring right now, 
and somebody comes and introduces recreation to your life, you're going to feel like you need them because they feel a void in your life. But if I already have that pattern of recreation, and they say, hey, let's go bowling or hey, let, let's let's go to the amusement park, whatever it may be. I don't feel like I don't feel like I need them to have joy because I had it outside of them. I had it outside of them. And hear me. It's not joy if it cannot withstand the wind of disappointment. Talk. It is not joy if it cannot withstand the wind of disappointment. Your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why we have to be rooted. Did a whole series starting off this year, planted, trying to get, trying to get us to understand deep roots don't fear strong wind. I was planted before hurricane season. I was planted before the tornado. It's not joy if it cannot withstand the wind of disappointment. It's the same with peace. It's not true peace if it cannot withstand the wind of disappointment. Peace that surpasses all of our understanding. Most important point of the night that I want to end with. How do I break this pattern of expecting me and them? Do it as unto the Lord. Colossians chapter three, verse 23. And whatever you do, whatever, not some stuff, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. That's it. I can pray goodbye. That is it. I am, I am nice as unto the Lord. I am kind as unto the Lord. I am respectful. I'm not respecting you because of you. I'm respecting you because it's something God would want me to do. I'm patient as unto the Lord. I have self-control as unto the Lord. I'm working as unto the Lord. I'm teaching as unto the Lord. I'm serving as unto the Lord. When you do it as unto the Lord and not for men, then you will always recognize this is something that's going to build character. And this is something that God is always going to have vengeance on. Because for me to try to have vengeance is me stealing. God says, vengeance is mine. Everything you do, whatever it is, do it heartily. Ask to the Lord, not to men. Hmm. Maybe we're experiencing heartbreak because we're doing things as unto men. I'm posting as unto men. There it is. I'm serving as unto men, but not as unto the Lord. That is the only way that I could be before you on tonight. Regardless of all the pain, all the trauma, all the betrayal that I've gone through, the only way I could stand before you healthy, whole, filled with joy, excitement, honored to serve you. And I've been hurt numerous of times and I'm fully aware I'm going to get hurt again. It's because what I do, I do it as unto the Lord. I don't do this for the likes of men. 
And doing that and that perspective causes for us to be free. So regardless, if they give me back an empty box, my father is going to give me the peace of the spirit. Father, let that stick as adhesive to our mind. And whatever we do, do it heartily, heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. And forgive us, Father, for all the times that we've tried to control the narrative. And heal us, each phase of our life. Heal us so that we can be the representation in the earth that you desire for us to be. I'm praying right now for a brother or a sister watching this. Help them to forgive whoever that person is, whoever that person is who gave them a package that did not match the display. Because all bitterness does is contaminate the container. We're asking that you do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.